Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. This is a standalone message today called I Am Not My Own. Uh, what we're doing is throughout the month of December, this is going to be a very outreach-oriented uh, month, the month of December, and I wanted to get into some uh, discipleship today. In fact, the last several weeks we have been, and today is no difference. But I, I, I had this message that I wanted to bring, and it wasn't really part of a series. It was just kind of a standalone message, I am not my own. It's going to challenge you in the Lord. It's going to help you to, to live your life the way that God wants you to live it. And uh, I cannot wait to get into this with, with you. So we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So new song, let's stop right there. Don't you know that the God of the universe, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the, the, the God of the universe actually dwells within you? Your, your body is a temple of the living God. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we're Trinitarian, meaning uh, uh, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit live in us, and we need to act accordingly. We need to act accordingly. Now, it says, you do not belong to yourself. You might want to underline that in your notes. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. You must honor God, so you must honor God with your body. You do not belong to yourself. The, the New International Version says it this way, that you are not your own. You are not your own. You've been bought at a price. So I don't belong to me. I belong to God. And if you are, if you are in Christ, if you are trusting in Christ alone for salvation, then you don't belong to you. You belong to him. And a lot of people struggle with this. They struggle with this in life because you, you say, well, I still have these desires and I, I still have these want-tos in my life, you know, things that I want to do or things that I, that I, that I want to be. And, and, and so I'm going to give God part of my life. I'm going to give him the part that needs to be saved, but I'm going to live life how I want to live life. That is, not the, that is not the Christian perspective, New Song. It's not the way that you're supposed to think. Meaning this, when you come to Christ, it is full and total surrender to Christ. That you have to have this mindset that says, I am not my own. I am not my own. And you, and you say, well, okay, well, pastor, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to help you out today. I'm going to give you some ways uh, to make sure to verify that you're living a life that says, I don't belong to me. I belong to God. I belong to God. And all that I have belongs to him as well. So number one, write this down. You have to live a life that, that has this mindset that ownership has been transferred. Ownership has been transferred. So I don't belong to me. I now belong to God. Let me show you this in Scripture. It's Colossians 1.13. It says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Aren't you, aren't you glad about that new song? He's rescued us. Like you were, let me say it this way. You were in dire need of rescue, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He rescued your life from the pit, and he crowned you with love and compassion, and now your eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. So you've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, underline that word, transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. So a transfer has taken place. 
He says, you've been transferred to the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave all of our sins. He forgave all of our sins. So there is a transfer that has occurred in your life. If you have trusted in Christ for salvation, a transfer has taken place. You are no, no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. You are now part of the kingdom of his dear son, meaning the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Okay, so ownership has now been transferred. Let me ask you a question. Have you transferred ownership of all that you are, all that you possess to God? Have you transferred ownership? Because a lot of people come to Christ and say, God, I surrender my life to you. I'm going to trust in Christ for salvation. You surrender your life, but then you hold on to things and say, yeah, yeah but not this area of my life. Like, I want to control this area. God, you can have this much, but I want this. I don't want to release this because I have goals. I have desires. I, there's some things that I've always wanted to do, and I'm not willing to give those things up. Can I tell you? That if that is your mindset, you're actually restricting yourself from the very best life that you could ever live. And it's a life of full, it's, it's a life of full ownership by God. Transferring full ownership to him. Your best life, your best life is a life of total surrender and nothing less. Total surrender to Christ. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you, have you transferred ownership of all that you are and all that you possess to God? Really? Really? Are you able to say with, with me today that my finances are not my own? My, my bank account, it belongs to God. My retirement, it belongs to God. My truck belongs to God. My house belongs to God. Let me go even deeper. My, my spouse belongs to God. My children belong to God. If you have grandchildren, your grandchildren belong to God. Your family member belongs to God. Your, your purpose belongs to God. It's not your purpose anymore. Now, now you've accepted a new purpose. Your purpose is in Christ Jesus. My future belongs to God. Every decision that I make, it belongs to God. I'm going to make decisions based upon my love for God and his will for my life and the life of my family. So God has it all. Every single thing that I own, he has it all. If God says, Justin, I want you to give up your house, guess what Justin's going to do? He's going to give up his house. Why? It's not my house. It's his house. My truck, not my truck. I love my truck. His name is Poncho. He's awesome. But it's really God's truck. If God wants my truck, he can have it. If God wants it, anything and all, everything in my bank account, he can have it. If, if he wants the pair of shoes that I'm wearing right now, he can have it. I'll, I'll give them away. If he tells me to give my shoes away to a homeless person, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to go home barefoot because they're not my shoes. They're his shoes. Everything that I have, everything that I own, all that I am, I have transferred ownership. It all now belongs to God, and I'm free to live for the glory of his name, and there's no greater joy in my life than living for the glory of God. Are you with me, everybody? That's how you got to live your life. See, a lot of people struggle with, with generosity. They struggle with selfishness. You know, it's like, well, I've always wanted this. And well, well, Can I tell you something? You're actually living in bondage if that's how you live because now you're bound to the very thing that you refuse to give up. Can I tell you something? That God will always require of you that which you are not willing to release to him. He will. Why? He says, I'll have no other gods before me. And I'm telling you, New Song, you need to live your life with open hands and an open heart. 
God, you can have it all. You can just have it all. It all belongs to you. I've transferred ownership. And God says, oh, I have found you trustworthy. I'm going to pour out my blessings in your life. And I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Because you're not going to hoard it. You're going to give it away. You know, one of the reasons that God continues to bless New Song the way that he does is that we are a church of generosity. We give tens of thousands of dollars away. This year alone, just in missions alone, we're on schedule right now to give away $150,000 this year. That's not special offerings. That's just giving it away, everybody. How many are glad to be a part of a church that just lives to be generous? Isn't that amazing? But we planted, we've started over a thousand churches now, over a thousand churches we've had a hand in starting around the world. Everybody, that's how we've chosen to live life. And God pours his blessings upon those who live for the glory of his name. He never blesses selfishness, but he always blesses generosity. So I'm going to live my life generously in all things at all times, and I'm going to live under the blessing of God. So I've got to transfer ownership, everybody. The second thing is you need to know that if you are not your own, then you are God's special possession. You are special to him. It says this in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You're special to him, New Song, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are his special possession. When he looks at you as a Christ follower, as somebody who's living your life for the glory of his name, as you love him and worship him, as you live your life in generosity, he looks at you with a smile on his face. Why? You're his special possession. You know, as much as I've given my children over to God and they fully belong to God, I've re I released them to God uh, ever since they were born. They, I just like, God, this child is yours. I transferred the ownership of my children to God a long, long time ago at the, the moment of their birth. In fact, if you want to know the truth, before they were even born, Lord, this child belongs to you. But now they're my children, yes, but they belong to God. And my children are very special to me. I will love them no matter what. My children are not perfect. I've never said they were perfect, but they are special to me. Why? Because I'm their father. They, my children make me smile. I love them. When they came home, guess who was glad to see them? I was. When they left, who was bummed out? I was. But I get to see them in a couple weeks, and that makes me smile. You see what I'm saying? Everybody, they're, they're special. Have you ever, I was thinking about this. You know, one of the things that, that happened in my life back in the 90s, in the mid to late 90s, I, I, was, I was working at a, a church as a music minister and, and a youth pastor, and I was just... I, I was just working like a dog. I, I mean, I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I was just, I was just exhausted, and, and I, was, I had been wounded in, in ministry. And this, this guy in our church, I think he saw something in me that I needed some help and some encouragement. And he said, he said hey, Justin, did, did, have you ever gone hunting? And I, I said, well, I grew up in Oklahoma, so yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I've been hunting. He said, why don't you come out with me? And and, and all of a sudden, every time that I would go hunting with this guy, we would meet at his house early in the morning. I mean, long before sunrise. And we would sit down with a cup of coffee at his, at his kitchen table. And we wouldn't just talk about the hunt for the day. We would just talk about life. And he was a sounding board. I could just pour out my heart. And, he, and everybody, he just listened. And he didn't, he didn't do anything except care for me. His name was Rolf. 
He's very, very precious to me. He's still that type of person that if he called me up today and said, Justin, I need you right now, I would, I would say, Rolf, I'm on my way. I, I got your back. Whatever you need, you, you have from me. I tell people, he, I, it, it was really God. It was, I understand that it was really God, but I tell people he single-handedly kept me in the ministry because I was about to, I was about to quit. And, and one of the things that Rolf was into that I became into was four-wheelers. He was really into four-wheelers. He's like, oh, you know what? They used to call me PJ. Even back then, PJ, you really need a four-wheeler. I think you'd really need it. I'm like, I think you're right. I think it's the will of God for me to have a four-wheeler. So I bought one, and that one wasn't fast enough. So it was the will of God for me to get a faster one and a bigger one. And so that's what I did. And in fact, uh, uh, this uh, four-wheeler, was, was back in those days, I was a Polaris guy. So it was a Polaris Express. It was a 400. It was a two-wheel drive, and so that was kind of bummer, but it was pretty quick. And I had fought, I mean, we rode for hours and hours and hours. And with my four-wheeler, it was my baby, everybody. I wasn't married at this point. I was single. So my four-wheeler was my baby. And I took care of it. You know, like I serviced it. I took, I maintained it. Any time that anything went wrong, it was immediately being serviced. It was immediately being fixed. I mean, it was spotless. It was, it was just an incredible four-wheeler. It was, it was just, oh, wonderful. And then I realized I wanted something faster. So I sold it to a guy named Brett Vandermolen. And I, I, so I sold it to Brett, and he, he got a, you know, I gave it to him for a good price, and it was fair for both of us. And I took that money, and I went, and I you know, got a, a faster one. That was four-wheel drive. And uh, about five, six months later, probably four to six months later, I go to Brett's house for some other reason, and I see my Polaris, my Polaris Express, and, and the plastics are off of it, and the engine is torn apart, and there are parts everywhere, and it's all broken, and it's, it's like beat up, and the frame has been twisted, and, and, and everything was, that's, that's not, you hurt my baby. You hurt my baby. That's my baby boy, and you hurt him. Have you ever transferred ownership to someone of something? Have you ever given something away, and they did not treasure it the way that you did? In fact, they just trashed it. Can I tell you, God's not like that. When your life is transferred to him fully, tra you transfer ownership to him. He's not going to trash your life. He's going to make your life better. He's going to heal what's broken inside of you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to fill you up. He's going to make sure that you're filled up, everybody, with his spirit, with joy, with peace, with comfort, with hope. He's going to take good care of you. But you have to transfer ownership to him. And you have to know, I am God's special possession. How many knows if you're a special possession of God, he's going to take care of you? He's going to take care of you. Why? You're special to him. You know, I take care of my wife. Why? Because she's special to me. There's no other person in the world that's more special to me than, than my wife. And that means I go shopping with her when I don't want to. <laughs> Because she's special to me. How many men can say that? You do that too, men? Okay, not many men raise their hands. You got to work on that, y'all. <laughs> Ladies, I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help. See, as, a, as my, my wife, she's my wife, everybody. She's special to me. I'm going to pour my life into hers. I'm going to help her. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to care for her. Uh, all the time, and she's like, hey, can I get this? Baby, you can get whatever you want. I don't care. Like, I, you're my wife. You're special to me, all right? Number three. If you're not your own, then you have to realize this, that my position in Christ is established now. So I am not my own. Ownership has been transferred. I am now God's special possession. And accordingly, my position in Christ has been established. 
Ephesians 2 says it this way. You, new song, as followers of Christ, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Your, your position is established. In fact, 1 Corinthians says this. It is because of him that you are in Christ who has become to, for us wisdom from God. That is, Jesus Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. So my, my position in Christ is established. It's established. Jesus is my holiness. He is my righteousness. He is my redemption. My position in him is established. Nobody's going to snatch me from my father's hand. Nobody's going to do that. My position in him is established. I am a member of his family. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. It is established. Okay, so let, let me, can, I, can I teach you some theology here? Can I help disciple you a little bit? That positionally you have been made holy. The Bible says that Jesus is our holiness. He is our righteousness. So positionally you have been made holy. Now, because you've been made holy, you need to act like it. You've been made holy. Now be holy. Now be, now be a person of integrity. Why? Because you've been made holy. The theological terms for this is you have positional holiness, but you need to add to it progressive holiness. And that is the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That the Holy Spirit, for the rest of your life, until you stand before Jesus face to face, for the rest of your life, you're going to be tempted by the enemy to do things that you shouldn't do to say things you shouldn't say, to think things you shouldn't think. And so I'm going to live a life of surrender. I am made holy. I've been made holy. We'll read that again in a second. I've been made holy. I'm positionally holy, but I also need to be progressively holy. I've taught you this before. What Dr. Mark Rutland was asked this question, he said, well, you know, he's taught, he was teaching about that verse, be holy because I'm holy. You know, the Lord says, be holy because I'm holy. And a student comes up to him and says, well, Dr. Martin, am I holy or do I need to be holy? And he said, yes, now you got it. Now you're, now you're on to it. You, you've been made holy. Now be holy. You've been made holy, but now be holy. So my position in Christ is established, and it wasn't my works that established it. It was the grace of God. It was me trusting in the work of Christ Jesus in my life. So my position has been established. I am a child of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And nobody's going to steal me from my father's hand. And that means, number four, write this down, that I am who God says I am. I just am who God says I am. It's so interesting that the Bible says, and this is the King James Version, it says that, that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. I want you to catch, I want you to take note of this accuser of not the lost, of not those who, who, who don't know Jesus. He accuses those who do belong to the household of faith. He's an accuser of the brethren. And so, the, so Satan will come and he will whisper in your ear that you are not who God says you are. But you need to know that, that ownership has been transferred. You are God's special possession. Your position in Christ is established, and you are who God says you are. And nobody can steal that from you. You know, Pastor Larry Stockstill, a, a, you know, a friend and mentor of mine, he, he taught me this years ago. 
He said, you have to, you have to think of it like this, the devil, that the devil is a snake with no fangs. He's a snake. He'll intimidate you. He'll accuse you. He'll stare you in the eyes, but he has no fangs, meaning this, he has no bite. He'll accuse you, but what he's saying is not true. He's a liar and the father of all lies. Everything that the devil says to you, everything he'll whisper to your ear when he accuses you and says you are not who you really are in Christ Jesus, he is a snake with no fangs. You don't have to be scared of him. You don't have to be intimidated by the enemy. Why? Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So I'm not intimidated by the devil. He can talk all he wants to talk, and I'm just going to cast him out because he's a serpent with no fangs. He's powerless, y'all. That was so Southern right there, wasn't it? He's powerless, y'all. He is, though. He's, he's powerless in your life. Because Christ living in you, the hope of glory. I'm talking to everybody. You're a victor in Christ Jesus. You are no longer a victim. You are strong in Christ Jesus. You've transferred ownership to him. You're, you're a special possession. You are established in him, and you are who he says you are, not who the devil says you are. Because he'll lie to you. You're not a child of God. I know what you thought last night. I know what you did. I know what that word was that came out of your mouth. And you need to know something, new song. God never expected you to be perfect. If so, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross for your sins. He, he did call you to holiness, though. So we don't have a license to sin. We actually have been called out of that life into a life of holiness. And you've been made holy. Now act like it. In fact, let's read this in Hebrews 10. Chapter 10, it says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So Satan wants to steal your identity. He wants to take it from you. He wants to whisper in your ear, you're not a real child of God. Well, he's a, an accuser of the brethren. And you need to stand up and say, you know what, devil? I am a child of God. I am trusting wholeheartedly in the work of Jesus Christ. I'm not trusting in my own works. I'm trusting alone in Jesus Christ. I have been sanctified, and I am being sanctified. I have been purified, and I am being purified. I have been made holy, and I am being made holy. It is a positional status, and it is a progressive status. It's positional holiness and progressive holiness. I am being sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit. The person I was is not who I am now. And the person I will be is not who I am right now. As God is going to continue to grow me and to help me to live life in Christ Jesus. I want to show you this from the Apostle Paul. And I'm going to give you just really the first half of this one verse in Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Now, we're going to come back to that in a second. And then he follows it, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, this is so interesting because Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's about to correct them over several things that's wrong in their world. Hey, you guys are looking at this wrong. You're doing this wrong. He's, it's, it's going to be a letter of correction in the middle of it. And yet at the very beginning of it, he says it this way, to God's holy people in Ephesus. Isn't that amazing? See, they've been made holy but they still need to be made holy. 
They've been made holy, and Paul's going to teach them how to act like it, how to live like it. But he starts out by saying this, and this is a lesson from the Apostle Paul when it concerning his identity. The first one is this. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. So he says, write this down. I know who I am. I'm Paul. I know who I am. He wasn't always called Saul. I'm sorry, he wasn't always called Paul. He was called Saul for a long time. In fact, a lot of people, again, for those of you who love to study the word of God, I'm going I'm to rock some of your worlds this morning, okay? Because a lot of people feel, because it, it it's such a beautiful commentary that, that Saul, on, on the road to Damascus, he has this encounter with Jesus. Remember, he's been threatening the church. He's been seizing Christians, throwing them in jail. He's been, he's been spewing out these murderous threats. And on the road to Damascus, he has this encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says to Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? Why are you persecuting me? And he has this encounter where eventually the, 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 uh, the blindness falls off of his life, both physically and spiritually. And he comes to know Jesus as savior. And you think, okay, so Jesus changed Saul's name to Paul on the road to Damascus. Read it. It didn't happen like that. It didn't happen like that. Acts chapter 9 is where he has this encounter. He was known as Saul then, and he was known as Saul thereafter. When he went to the house of Ananias, he was still known as Saul. So, so as much as we want to paint this picture that Jesus changed um, uh, Saul's name to Paul on the road to Damascus, that's not how it happened. In fact, it wasn't until Acts chapter 13 that we start reading that Luke, who's writing the book of Acts, says, he says, you know, uh, Paul, who also is known as Saul, and then he starts talking about where, where Paul, who used to be Saul, was going and why. So let, let me say it this way. It wasn't Luke that started using different terminology concerning Saul versus Paul. It, was, it wasn't Jesus. It was actually Luke. But it, it is noteworthy to say that Saul was known as the one who was persecuting Christians. He, he was known as Saul the persecutor, but we always think of Paul as being Paul the preacher or Paul the planter, the church planter. You see that? And so Luke makes this little change here. He says, listen, we all know who Saul was, and Saul was known as this. And I think under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke is writing, hey, actually, we're going to, from here on out, after Acts chapter 13, we're going to remember him as Paul, the apostle. Paul the Apostle, who lived his life to make a difference for the glory of God. I don't want you to think of him as he used to be. I want you to think of him who he is now. And Paul says it himself. He could have said, hey, I'm still Saul, but he didn't say that. He said, no, I'm Paul. I'm Paul. I'm now known for planting churches and preaching the word of God. So he says, so this is just a lesson from Paul. He says, I know who I am. I'm not, I'm not the persecutor anymore. I'm the preacher. I'm Paul. And he says also this, by the way, he says, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus. So write this down. He says, I know what I'm here to do. I'm an apostle. I'm here to make a difference in the world. I know what I'm here to do. But he's not just an apostle. He's an apostle of Christ Jesus. So he's saying, I know who I am. I know what I'm here to do. And I know who I do it for. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus. I know who I do it for. I do it for Christ and for his glory alone. L let me break in here for a second and ask you a question. Do you know who you are? 
Do you know what you're here to do? And do you know who you're going to do it for? That you're not going to live, if, trans, if you've transferred ownership, you're not living for yourself any longer. You're living for the glory of Christ. You're living for the glory of his name. You're living for the expansion of his kingdom. And you need to act like it. And if you say, well, pastor, I don't know what I'm here to do. That's what we're here for, to help you. I, I teach a class several times a year called Live Your Dream, where I help people to, to, to figure out their God-given calling. You were made on purpose for a purpose. And I'll help you in those classes discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. Now, if you have questions, if that class isn't happening, you say, hey, I want to I discover my purpose. Well, listen, we got lots of staff members that are ready to meet with you at any time to help you discover your purpose. All of us are trained to help you to discover your purpose in Christ Jesus. We're just a phone call away. We're just a meeting away. We, we can meet with you at any time and help you discover your God-given purpose. Purpose, because you were created on purpose for a purpose. And your best life is the life that answers the will of God in all things at all times. So Paul's saying, I, I know who I am. I know what I'm here to do. I know who I do it for in the last one, and I know who qualifies me. He said, I'm Paul. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I'm doing exactly what God has called me to do. And because, because he called me to do it, I know he will help me live this out in my life. He qualifies me to do what I'm called to do. You think about it. The last person in the world who should have been planting churches and preaching the gospel was Paul because he was a persecutor. He was a hater of the church. He said, he was the, he, he said I was the worst of sinners. And now he's saying, no, 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 I've been qualified, but not because of my past, but because of his grace. Listen, everybody, you, your past does not disqualify you from making a difference in the world. Your past does not disqualify you. In fact, in fact, everybody, God has this way, and you've heard it said this way, that God has this way of turning your mess into a ministry. He has this... He, he gives us beauty for ashes, the Bible says. He'll turn, he'll turn what was wrecked in your life and, into a beautiful sculpture, into something beautiful. Not because, you've deserved, not because you deserve it, but because of his grace. He's so wonderful that way. I, I am living a life that I do not deserve. And I'll be the first to tell you that. I don't deserve the life I live. It's the grace of God. I want to read finally this portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, you, you should write this down or underline it. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? No, in all these things, verse 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There's three things in that. First of all, God is for us. Second one, that God graciously gives us all things, meaning this, he doesn't leave us helpless. He doesn't leave us helpless. He gives us every single thing that we need. And then he guarantees victory. He says, you're more than, you're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. So I want you to write this down, number five. Since God is for me, 
Remember, you are not your own. So since God is for me, I won't fear. Why? Because God is for me. I don't have to be afraid. God is for me. I will, I will not flounder because God is graciously giving me everything that I need to accomplish his will. He is not leaving me helpless. So I, I will not fear. I will not flounder. And by the way, I will not fail because I am, a, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He loves me so much that he guarantees I get to win, that I'm going to win. And you say, well, pastor, I'm in some stuff right now. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know either, but I know it's going to happen because God never loses. And he is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He has things for you that are wonderful things, joyous things in your life. It doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. You will, I promise you. I have stresses day in and day out, but I live a great life, and God is on my side. He's for me. He does not leave me helpless. I'm not floundering in life. I know my purpose, and I'm living it out for the glory of his name. And, and the end result of my life is going to be praise to God, meaning I get to see victory in my life because he loves me so much, not in my own strength, but in the strength that he gives me, everybody. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you transferred ownership? Can you honestly say today, I am not my own? I don't belong to me. I belong to him and him alone. Every single thing that I have is his. Every single thing that I have is his. Whatever he asks from me, I'll give it. Wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. Because all that I have is his. You know, we were talking to my son Isaac and you know, he's been, he, he graduates in, in this coming May. Um, actually, I think at the very end of April, he graduates. So it's coming soon. We're talking to him about his future, and he's already been offered uh, some positions at, at Bethany uh, Church down in, in Baton Rouge. They want him on staff there. And, and there's, a, there's a part of his mama and daddy, oh, Louisiana. That's a long way away. That's my boy. I don't know if I like the idea of my boy being in Louisiana. But then I'm reminded, he doesn't belong to me. Before he was ever born, I gave him to God. I said, God, he's yours. And so even though there's a part of his daddy that might be sad if he takes that position, I'm actually going to be extremely joyful because he's answering the call of God on his life. And that's, <laughs> incredible joy. I'm so proud of my, my kids. My family belongs to the Lord, therefore I take joy in them answering the call. I take joy in it and I know God's going to use my family for the glory of his name because we belong to him. Would you stand up with me today? New song, listen to your pastor. I know next week starts, you know, a, a month of outreach, really. But today's a day of growth and discipleship here for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I want you to listen to your pastor. Your very best life is a life of surrender. 
I'm going to say it again. Your very best life is a life of surrender, total surrender. All that you have, you have to transfer ownership to him. All that you have, all that you are, total surrender, total surrender. I promise you it is your best life. It's your best life. I want to tell you, if you've never given Christ your life, there's rarely a Sunday that goes by that we don't allow people the opportunity to trust Christ as Savior. We, we, we do this every week, and it's because I never know who's here on a Sunday, everybody. We, we have this, this thing that we talk about here at New Song among the staff. We have to think of it this way. We never know who's here on a Sunday morning. What, it's, what if it's someone's last chance to hear the gospel of grace and to give their life to Christ? What if, their, what if it's their last opportunity? And we don't know if it is or not, but what if it's their last? And so we, we try at every single week to give people the opportunity to come to Christ. And we're gonna do that right here, right now. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out. This is a personal decision that you make. You'll go public when you get baptized and we baptize loads and loads of people around here. You'll go public when you get baptized, but today it's a very personal decision. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? The Bible says that every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said it in John 6, 37. He said, whoever my father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never turn away. I, meaning this, if you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me, Jesus always says yes, always, always. He said it himself, if you come to me, I will never reject you. I'll never drive you away. If you say, well, I've, I've gone too far, I've done too much. No, you haven't. The very fact that you want to come to Christ is proof that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. And if you call upon the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, save me, I promise you, he'll say yes. So I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out, but let me ask you a question. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Have you trusted in Christ alone for salvation? And if you say, Pastor Dustin, today's the day I wanna do that. I'm gonna do that right here, right now. I want you to lift you up your hand and hold it really high. Let me see who you are. All right, I see your hands. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. I counted seven people right there, everybody, that want to give their life to Jesus. And we're going to pray a prayer. If you raised your hand, you don't have to word it just like I am. It's not a matter of your words. It's a matter of your heart. But it's a prayer that goes something like this. Dear Jesus, to the best of my ability, I am calling you. I'm calling on you for salvation. To the best, the best way I know how, I want to say, Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in this day, I'm repenting of my sins. I know that my sins have separated me from you. So I'm repenting of my sins and I'm asking you, Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you take my past away from me and make me new? I want to be in a right relationship with you. So today I surrender my life. The only way I know how, I'm surrendering my life to you. Saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Save me, I pray. Save me. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says if you confess the fact that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you have prayed that prayer, you are now a member of the family of God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You have been adopted. You have been bought at a price, and you are not your own. You have been saved by grace through faith. And I say welcome to the family of God. New song, could we put our hands together and say a big God bless you. Pretty amazing. And you say, Pastor, it's that simple? It's that, I'm telling you, it's that simple, everybody. In fact, I probably made it bigger than what it really was. It's that simple. You've been saved by grace through faith. You've been made new, the Bible says. Now, let me ask you a question for everybody else in the room. Have you really truly surrendered your everything, your all to Christ? Can you honestly say, I am not my own? Have you transferred ownership of your life to God? And if you have a long time ago, or if you're doing that today, could we lift up our hands toward heaven? And let's pray a prayer. Heavenly Father, I am not my own. I confess it. I am not my own. I've been bought at a price. Today, whether I've done it in the past or not, once again, or for the very first time, I transfer ownership to you. And I declare that I am your special possession and my position in Christ has been established. And I am who you say I am. I am blood-bought. I am a child of God. I am a member of the family of God. I've been accepted into your kingdom. I am a citizen of heaven. And I say thank you for saving me. Lord, every single thing that I have, it belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My spouse, my children, my grandchildren, they belong to you. My finances, my home, my vehicle, Lord, my job, every single thing that I have, Lord, it belongs to you. I am not my own because I've been bought at a price. Thank you <laughs> for purchasing my freedom, Jesus. Thank you for delivering me from my sins and the consequences of those sins. Thank you for saving a wretch like me. I gladly follow you all of the days of my life. Now, Heavenly Father, as we enter a season of outreach here at New Song, through the month of December, Father, I pray that the lost would come to know you as Savior, and we call them in from the north and the south and the east and the west, and we say, come to Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would bless us indeed, that you would expand our territory. Let your hand be with us and keep us from all harm as we live for the glory of your name and the expansion of your kingdom. May it be done in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. If you agree with that, say amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.